So this morning we're going to continue our series about practicing our faith on this way of Jesus. Last week we got a great uh, a chance to really dig into the Lord's Prayer with Reverend Nicole, if you were here, and sort of learn the movements of that prayer and how that might inform and shape all of our praying, not just the praying of the Lord's Prayer. And today we move over to the practice of reading scripture. How do we read scripture together? But first I want to do a, a poll of sorts. I want to find out what kind of readers we have in the congregation. How many of you would consider yourselves, your, your primary choice for reading is pleasure reading. You love to read fiction, you love to read stuff just for fun maybe, and you, and you read fiction more than Okay. How many of you are, are moved to read biographies and nonfiction and things that are going to teach you and instruct you and give you information? How many of you fall into that category? How many of you, your favorite form of reading is the tabloids out on the way out of the supermarket? <laughs> now, you don't have to raise your hand for that in church. I don't, don't want to out anybody here like that. Um, and then, of course, we in the church, we read scripture, too. And we come at scripture. Now, in a world where we are deluged with information, all you have to do is go online for a little bit to check your news feed or, or a blog or whatever you do to get your information or read the paper or to get a magazine. We, there is so much information and so much of the time we are reading to sift through and make sense of this information, to synthesize it and evaluate it. And so there's reading for informational purposes. And then there is another kind of reading, which is the way that Christians have always been called to read the scriptures. That is for formational purposes, for, for formational. That to read scripture in such a way that it would shape us and change us and carry us down this path that we're on. Now, of course, we read to learn the stories themselves, and there's room for a good Bible study. This is not in, in, in place of, this is a corollary to, you know, good Bible study helps us to understand context, helps us to understand background, helps us to understand where does this scripture fit, and all of those things. But then there is a way of reading scripture, and even good Bible study will do this for us. It sort of leads us to this point where we then come at the scripture and we take it into us. It becomes part of us. And one of those ancient practices in the church has been called Lexio Divina. So can you say that with me? Lexio Divina. If nothing else, you can go and press your friends this week with that phrase, okay? Lexio Divina. Say, I learned all about Lexio Divina in church today. So Lexio Divina, sometimes we picture that something like this, a monk in their cell reading the Bible in a very, in a very traditional space, in a very traditional way, and that's what you mean by Lexio Divina, right? Well, in a sense, it's, that's where it's rooted. It comes out of the monastic tradition, particularly the Benedictine way of reading scripture. And so it's, a, it's an ancient learned tradition within the church. But when I talk about Lexio Divina today, I picture it as something you can do on your couch at home. You know, something you can do sitting outside on a, on a nice spring day. You don't have to go into a, uh, a hermit cell like a, a monk might to read scripture that way. You can engage the scripture like this anywhere, and you can adapt this and make it uh, a system of reading that becomes intimately your own. But I'm going to tell you a little bit about what it has meant through the centuries and how Christians have come at this practice of Lexio Divina or sacred reading or divine reading. That's sort of what it means. And there are four parts. So there is Lexio, which is reading slowly, intentionally, just the engagement with the text. There is Meditatio, meditating, reflecting, ruminating. There is Oratio, which is praying the text, then responding to the text, making it a dialogue. And Contemplatio, sort of being lost in it, uh, listening and resting in the text. A good way to sort of 
think of these phrases is just to add an end to each of them, right? So, for example, election is a reading. That's just another way of saying reading. So the text today that we are reading comes from our lectionary, the assigned text that Christians all over the place are reading on this particular Sunday in Lent. So this is the lectionary reading, our assigned reading for this Sunday. Um, so we read, but we read intently. Meditatio or meditation means we then sort of linger over the text. We listen to it deeply. How is it speaking to us? How is it impacting my walk with Christ? Oratio or oration then calls us forth into a time of dialogue and prayer. What am I being called to pray for because of this text? Is a person coming to mind? Is a situation coming to mind? Am I being called to pray for more courage, more strength, for forgiveness, for uh, commitment? What is this text asking of me? And then how do I respond to God in prayer as I offer myself back to this voice that has first spoken to me? And then the last one is simply letting the text live in you. Not trying to do too much, but just letting it be absorbed and be part of you. Now, if that doesn't work for you, maybe this is more helpful. This is sort of a translation of that. You read the text. You reflect on the text, you respond to the text, and then you rest in the text. If you like, if you like uh, mnemonics like that to help you remember, you read, reflect, respond, and rest. And it engages all of us. It engages our heart, mind, our spirit, and our body. This is the way of reading scripture with everything that we are and all that we are before God. And we're going to practice doing that a little bit today. Um, this might be helpful, too. Uh, one of the, if you go to the, the ancients and all of these Christian mothers and fathers, one of the ways that they've talked about uh, Lexio Divina through the centuries is to, to liken it to a cow chewing its cud. Now, when I did this at the early service, 8 o'clock, you should have seen the face that Reverend Nicole gave me in the front pew. She's like, ew, that's just like gross. And you may have that response, but it's not original with me. I didn't invent this. But they talk about, you know, you know how a, a cow chews and digests food? They, they sort of chew it quickly, and then, they, and then they swallow it, and then they sort of unswallow it. That's a polite way of saying that. And then they chew it again, and then they, it's this long digestive process, right? But it's this, you know, you've heard that phrase, you chew on something for a while. You chew on the cud for a little while. It's a way of saying you sort of you linger in it. And so one of the ways that Christians across the centuries have described the practice of Lexia Divina is like a cow chewing on its cud, sort of this, this process. It doesn't all happen at once. It happens sort of a, a lingering kind of thing. If you don't like that as much, maybe you're a dog person. How many of you are dog persons and not cow persons, okay? <clears throat> uh, Eugene Peterson has written a fabulous book about sacred reading of scripture. It's called Eat This Book. And it comes from the phrase from, from the book of Revelation where the, John is told to eat the scroll, to, eat, to take it into him, literally eat the scroll. And he uses that as the jumping off point to talk about how we engage scripture as a whole. And one of his reflections in a lecture on that, uh, on that book he was talking about one day was this Hebrew word Haggah. Now Haggah, most of the time it's used in the Old Testament, is used in the term of meditating, like uh, I will meditate on the word, thy word, all day long from the, from the Psalms. And it's used over and over that way in the Old Testament, meditating on the word of God. But it, it is also used in this very isolated instance 
as the word when a, when a lion is over its prey and it's chewing on it. And so it's, it's this active engagement. So it's a very sort of violent, but, it's, but that's the thing. He softens a little bit and he talks about his own dog. And he says, when he pictures this phrase, ha ha, what, what the writer is really after is that we gnaw on a bone for a little while. If you ever had a dog who enjoyed a good bone, we had a lot of Cocker Spaniels over the years. If you gave Buddy, or if you gave our dog Rex, or if you gave our dog Wesley, that's a good name for a Methodist dog, isn't it? Um, if you gave them a good bone, they, would just, they could be in heaven on the back porch, just chewing and gnawing, getting every little piece off of that bone. And it's that purr. It's that little mm that they make as, they, as they're chewing over bones. So if you don't like the cow, maybe you like the dog better. Maybe you like the, neither of them. But you, can, you get what I, I'm going for here. It's this idea that we engage actively. We chew on the scripture. We take it into us as if though we're ingesting the scripture into us. Peterson says spirit-sourced writing requires spiritual reading. If these texts that we claim as holy, sacred texts of scripture we believe that God's spirit inspired both the people, the events, and the writing and collecting and the gathering of these stories. Spiritual writing calls forth a spiritual way of reading out of us. And so we're going to practice that today. Uh, practice Lexio Divina with this particular text. Now, if you get out your bulletin today, you have the reading. And we're going to reread it now. You've heard it read once. And we're going to read it maybe a little more slowly. And we're going to just linger on it. And we'll just reread it. I'll read it aloud, but you read along with me. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view. We know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now my guess is just a second reading of that text helped you to hear it better, no offense, than when Heather read it a few moments ago in church. Because sometimes, let's be honest, when we sort of check things off that come to us in worship, you know, we've got to get through the scripture, get through the prayers, get through the sermon, and we don't always take it in fully. And that's just sort of normal. That's normal human nature, to sort of let stuff sort of skim through the surface. But in Lexio Divina, even the reading is a slow reading of the text. You slow down, you pay attention. You hear it more deeply. So what I'm going to invite you now is to move to that second stage of meditatio or meditation on the text and reread this. I'll put the slides up on the screen, but you've got it in front of you as well. Reread it and pay particular attention for words or for phrases that linger in your heart. 
that grab you, that move you, that touch you, that speak to you. What are those words? What is the word in this text for you? So let's read on our own in silence and engage the text as we meditate. So with this meditative reading of scripture, of this text, what were the words or the phrases for any of you that stuck to your heart, that bubbled up to the surface? So raise your hand if you had a word or a phrase that sort of connected. Yes, D. We are ambassadors for Christ. Yes. New creation. Just that phrase, new creation. Reconciliation. reconciliation. This, this passage is full of reconciliation. Any others? I know, I have got my back to the choir. Yes, Donnie. Everything old has passed away. All has passed away. Everything, no, the, the old has passed away. New has come. Yes, we're in the back. We regard no one from a human point of view. What would it be like to take that word and really linger in that? Any others? Yeah. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. So now I want to take you on the third part of this journey and invite you, and you might use the lines that are below there for this, or just to remind, remind yourself the word or the phrase that was particularly connecting to you. As you go back and read this text, or just hold on to that little piece of this text, how would you pray that to God? How does that prompt you to prayer? For example, if the phrase was, we are ambassadors for Christ, is that a scary phrase? encouraging phrase? Is that a phrase that you need to recommit to this week in a particular way? So how do you pray that back to God? How do you respond to the text now? Make this a dialogue. What do you, how do you pray out of this text or a piece of this text? Just go ahead and live with that for a few moments. What do you need to pray out of this? Horatio.
And then we move to a final phase, the fourth phase, which is contemplation, contemplatio, lingering, resting in the text. And to help us do that, I'm going to just simply read through some of these phrases that you might be have lingering on your hearts too. And just rest in this text. We regard no one from a human point of view. If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Old has passed away, new has come. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. We are ambassadors for Christ. God is making his appeal through us. Be reconciled to God. Now this is a practice you can take home and spend a little more time in. It's a little compressed to try to do it in worship. But I hope you will try it out. This is a way of reading that might help you engage the text and listen to it in a deeper way. It doesn't replace reading it critically. It doesn't replace that. We need all of that other stuff to frame this so that then we can engage this. And it doesn't only apply to the scriptures. We can read other sacred writing this way. Christians have the practice of doing Lexio Divina not only with the Bible, but with Max Lucado and with Adam Hamilton and with you fill in the blank. For me, it's uh, Annie Dillard or it's Eugene Peterson or others, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who would guide us on this path. You can read those sacred writings in a similar way as a holy and sacred text. Now, before we get to the offering, one last thought from Eugene Peterson. Takes us back to the cow, sort of, so I've got to warn you. But I love what he says. He says, Christians don't simply learn or study or use scripture. We assimilate it, take it into our lives in such a way that it gets metabolized into acts of love.
cups of cold water, missions into all the world, healing and evangelism and justice in Jesus' name, hands raised in adoration of the Father, feet washed in the company of the Son. We metabolize Scripture. Make it a part of us. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God.